There's no rules! So welcome back. This is the No Mulligans podcast here inside the studio at Franklin Bridge. Uh, our last episodes that we put out were the live episodes on the back porch of Franklin Bridge, which is really cool. Uh, thank you for all of you guys who showed out. We had around like 60, 75 people yep. out there. I mean, it was it was an excellent night. We had uh, introduced Scott Wilkerson, the putting lab that's here, um, and we gave away some pretty cool stuff too. So if you guys weren't there, you yeah. missed out. Wilkerson's books are already filling up. Dustin is in the tour shop several days a week and like i sent in a guy today for a re-grip right after a lesson yeah and he had two more people walk into the tour shop like it's incredible what's happening here. it's so cool when you can like have somebody that's that's hitting in here be like we need to make this little tweak to your club and then we can just go and get it done and they can play around right afterwards like it's it's pretty incredible yeah. what we're building yeah. here. We had the kid I had on uh, that I had for a lesson was like had normal size grips and he's six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds, big oh, hands. I'm like, yeah, and he's just learning how to play. <laughs> yeah, so, we yeah, need to get you on the standard fly. grips. Yeah, so <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's uh, that's pretty big for us. So um, anywho, having all that here, that's great. We're doing big things at the bridge. So if you guys aren't here, come on out, yeah, uh, get a lesson from us. Scott, go visit the putting lab. It's incredible, but. We have three special guests on this podcast right here, which if you're watching on YouTube, you're probably already seeing them on the screen right now. And if you're on audio, we're about to introduce them to you. So, Scott, why don't you just tell us who we got here and what we're going to be talking about today. So, this is a little bit of a throwback um, to when we had Ginger Lim on the podcast. Yep, yep. Coach Brown, Coach Lim. A legendary podcast, the by the way. That so was like one of the better ones. Awesome. We recorded that one in the in the oh, old. Oh, we were in the office. In the old office. That was yeah. so bad. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, but uh, bringing her back on is great. Like we shot a couple podcasts there. I think that was the first time we were really starting to bring in guests on I would the agree. podcast. So that yeah. was our introduction to that. Yeah. So um, anywho, we've got three ladies with us um, in the trying to figure out how this will look on the screen but in the top corner is uh tanya olson she owns rsa recruiting consultants um and then you have mary swanson uh down in your bottom corner she's waving at you and then ginger we actually get to see your face this time it's not just, just your, your voice on the pod right I know. Coach. I look like so, a um, just been. so it's already 93 I, in houston guys what Oh. <laughs> Sounds like we need to come visit you. I know, I know, right? So we've uh so excited <laughs> to have them on. We're gonna talk college recruiting, junior golf, how to get ready for college recruiting. I know it can be a stressful process for families, for kids, confusing. Uh it can be a lot of work on the instructors and like which direction do we send them? You know, we're obviously with how busy we are, even though we're adding Erica, you know utilizing their services and their talents and their experience collectively, I, I think is an absolutely wonderful um, resource for what's happening. So, and I can't think of a better spot to be able to do it. Right. Because you have right. everybody here at Franklin bridge, you got the river club, you can go get a bucket a day. And then you also have a, you know, you for the swing, we've got all the club stuff. Got Elijah and on then the golf course. we have the consultants here that's that can get you ready for hopefully playing at the next level. So, right. I mean, I just think it's an excellent opportunity for any parents out there who are listening who are, might be confused or maybe their kid wants to go play at a high level someday and don't know where to start. This is the place to do it. And y'all do more than just golf, correct? Yes. RSA, um, we, our major sports are baseball, 
soccer and volleyball are our main sports, but um, those are professionals. Um, I have four other co-owners. Um, I'm the director of golf, so I just do golf. It's what I know. It's I, I played D1 golf myself back in the day. So um, I'm, I'm not going to try to do something I'm not very knowledgeable at. So I, I, I'll stay in my lane as it comes to consulting. Yeah. So I think as our reach with the podcast has grown so much, like if you're, if you're a parent or you know other parents who have kids that are playing either golf or other sports, not just here locally, I know we have, we have a pretty broad reach now. I mean, we're not even just in the United States anymore. Um, so like if you have a kid that's looking at that process, like their whole company, you just heard it from, from Tanya, like it's not just golf. We're going to talk golf specific, uh, but like, send them get to hear about who they are what they do um and definitely the best resource to reach out to in my opinion so um robbie came by the other day ginger oh really? Uh, yeah he came by and hang out hung out for a day and learned and it's fun uh robbie's a great kid so he, he's like Where another do... one of our kids isn't he i know i know he's a big kid he's a big so. kid well, where do we Scott start? Uh, where do we Scott start? Where do we Scott start? <laughs> no, where, so where do we start here, Scott? I mean, um, I know that um, I know a little bit about the baseball recruiting process since I went through it a little bit myself. But I feel like golf, it's very competitive, and where it differs from baseball or any other team sport that you're playing on a team, right? Yeah. But in golf, you're having to go do all of this by yourself. So where do we start and how do we bring these ladies well, in? I'm going to kind of give you my take on this whole thing and this whole process because I've had a like back in the day I had when we were back in Birmingham with Hank, I just we had a lot of bad taste in our mouth from this type of service that that they offer. Um, largely because it was like, hey, we're going to get your track mandated from your tournament and we're going to send you your scores and we're going to send this and it just it felt very inauthentic. Uh, it felt like it was just a quick dollar grab. It just, like, the whole thing was just like, oh, like, this isn't golf. Like, this, the golf community is such a tight-knit community of people. Like, it was like, this just, this, ugh, just had a bad taste. So we just used to build it that way. And then I heard about what Ginger was doing when she wasn't coaching anymore. Um, and so... I was like, well, like, this is way different. So kind of where I want to start is, like, why you all do what you do, how you got to where you are, each of you individually, and then maybe collectively as a group. But I don't – I mean, maybe Ginger will start with you since you were on the pod before and you kind of shared the heart of what you do and part of your joy of being a coach when you were a coach. So I think the why is really important. It's not just about a transactional thing to get your kids somewhere. It's it's about finding the right fit for them as a person, for you as a family, for like there's a right way to do this and then there's a lot of other ways. And I, I think they do it right. So and I know coming, they do it right. Coming from a coach who's also brought their program to number one in the country as well. Am yeah. I right in that? Yeah. Yeah. You she moved her way up the leaderboard quite well. <laughs> First let me say thanks for having us on. Um a lot of the misconception about what we do is is that they'll compare us to other so-called recruiting specialists out in the world. Um, what what we've done, what I've what I've joined Tanya and Mary, and then Aaron, who's who's another one not on with us, but why I chose to join these ladies is because they were transformational people. They were relationship driven. Mm -hmm. The heart of 
what I do this for is so that I can pour into and prevent catastrophes that are life-changing for a young student that, that gets somewhere and doesn't fit and doesn't play well and doesn't do well academically. And then it just implodes after I've seen people quit over the years. I've seen them transfer twice. So I, I think that the relationship piece and making sure that you ask the right questions and pull the right information about goals of the, the young junior player, uh, because what they shoot is only a starting point. It's only a small component of what you're trying to find a fit for. Is their personality, proximity to home, academics, what the team culture is about. So, I mean, that's, that's it in a nutshell. It, it, it is all about finding somebody that they can help grow um, from the coach's perspective, because Mary and I both have so many years of coaching experience. It, it's so important. I wanted to recruit people that I could assist in that growth process as well as performance. Like it's, it's not just about golf at all. I, I thought one of the neat things, uh, hearkening back to that original podcast, maybe we'll go back and look so that if you're watching this on YouTube, we'll send you the name of that pod. So you can go back and watch that with Ginger. But that you mentioned, one of your favorite parts of coaching when you were at Mississippi State was you would sometimes find girls that maybe wouldn't fit where you were, but you knew all the other coaches so well, and you knew what they were looking for and open, like, I think you'd be a great fit over here. So, like, I think that's one of the things that golf, I think, is unique in that way of being able to say, hey, like, I can move you here. So, like, to hear that relational piece is really is really huge. So, you know, I've watched students transfer. I mean, the transfer portal is so easy now, like for kids to do. It's just like, that doesn't mean that it's good. I think it's necessary at times, um, but we're trying to prevent that. We want to find you a place to land that you can call home for so many years. I coach a girl at Cincinnati and she loves Cincinnati. She doesn't want to go anywhere. It's like, I, I want to stay here. This is my home. These are my people. It's just such a wonderful, like, when the world around you, all these other teams and players are transferring all over the place, it's like, I actually like where I'm at. You know, that was a good fit. That's what you all do. Like, And, and as I reflect back on, on my experience as a coach, being able to look at golf stat today and see that Mississippi State won their regional with, with four players that I recruited. Now, and I'm not taking any of the credit for performance, but all I'm saying is that, that obviously something worked with the culture that we had started there to get those commitments and to watch those girls come in and those fifth year seniors rise to the level that you had hoped they would. Oh my gosh, that's so incredibly fulfilling. Yeah. I mean, and, Ch and Charlie and his staff have done an unbelievable job um, since, since I left, of course, they, they deserve every kudo, but something had to have worked initially for them to, to feel like Mississippi state and the culture the community, the support that they get. That's what I want for everybody that we help uh, with our consultancy is to make sure that, that it's not just about what golf course you play. It's about the relationships. It's about all of that, all of those pieces. Yeah. Now, Ginger, you also had mentioned over with Mary, like both of you coached for a number of years. So Mary, if you'll share kind of your experience, why you do it, like maybe your specific piece or like where you really feel strongly led and how you've helped players be wonderful. Yeah. Um, so like ginger, um, I coached for 20 seasons, um, and I was at many different levels. Um, D one power five. How many years ginger did you coach? Uh, 14. 
So 34 years between these two ladies, like that's incredible. And that's our, awesome. other, Sorry. our other partner has over 20 years of coaching in the D1 level also. So you've got 50, over 50 <laughs> years. Yeah. Like, why would you go anywhere else? <laughs> that's wonderful. So anywho, Mary, continue. Sorry to interrupt. I was like, wait a second. That's yeah. a big number. Yeah. So, um, so like Tanya played D1 golf, um, but played in the Ivy League um, and certainly, you know, had D1 offers outside of the league. So pretty quickly started my coaching career at the University of Florida. Go Gators. Um, oh, I, don't, great- I don't like that as a Tennessee fan. <laughs> I don't like that as a Tennessee fan. I had to fan. throw that in there. I saw your sweatshirt. Hey, SEC, right? That's right. That's um, right, SEC. But I kind of went home pretty quickly. So I ended up at Yale, the big um, rival. Um, took a five-year break to play professionally, so have worn that hat and had that experience. Um, and then went to probably, if I look back, my best fit. So you talk about fit as an athlete. You know, I think there's fit for coaches too. So for eight seasons, I was the head women's golf coach at Bradley University. And that's what brings me to meeting Tanya. So I'll get to that in a second. Um, and then I had the opportunity to move our family to St. Louis, a um, little bit bigger place out of Peoria and coach at the division three level at Washington university, um, which they're in contention for the national championship as we speak. So like ginger, um, following some players that I recruited and coached and, um, you know, cheering them on from afar. So, um, back when I was at Bradley, you know, as a coach, I would get emails from recruiting services, recruiting consultants, and I would read them. But very quickly, I learned that a lot of them weren't doing their research. So I would get a kid whose ACT didn't fit and whose scoring average didn't fit. Delete, delete. Well, I met Tanya. Tanya was out watching players. Tanya was sending me kids who fit. I didn't hear from her a lot, but she took the time to get to know me, my program, what I was looking for, the intangibles, which I'm sure we'll end up talking about, you know, what are the things college coaches are looking for outside of academics and scoring average. And so I could have conversations with Tanya and I'd know, hey, nine times out of 10, she'd bring me somebody that I would at least do my research on because I knew she did her research. so I left coaching in 2021. Um, I'm working for the first T, um, our chapter here in St. Louis, but um, quickly. The first T is an incredible organization. So like if you're listening all over the country, like first T is an awesome organization. If there's one nearby, you should check it out. So sidebar, continue. Yep. Yep. All good. Um, and so um Tanya and I had kept in touch. I had left coaching. Um, I had a few families reach out to me and say, hey, we think you know something about this recruiting process. You were a coach for a long time. Do you think you can help us? And so um, I said, well, you know, maybe I'll dip my toe in this. And, you know, happenstance, you know, whatever it may be, Tanya reaches out to me and I'm like, hey, I'm kind of thinking about doing this. She's like, well, let's talk. (laughs) And so, you know, we kind of reconnected. I met the other owners. And to me, you know, there were certainly the reasons from an infrastructure standpoint and a business standpoint, it made sense to align with RSA. But what sold me was the company's values, the owner's values, the way they do it. Um, You know, we talk about it's personal. Like that's one of our taglines. Every athlete we meet with has a different plan 
Um, every athlete is at a different place. Every path is different. Each kid has different resources, different swing coaches, different, you know, and so we are not a one size fits all. We are, you know, making sure that we are fluid and able to serve the kid where they are in the family and empowering the family. So I think the big thing is what I get a lot of satisfaction out of is helping players to mature so that we can bring them to the office door of the coach and they can take it from there. They can build the relationship. They can have the conversation. They can ask the questions. Um, you know, you kind of chuckle at the first meeting because we kind of test the waters every time we meet with someone for the first time. We ask them one of the questions that they typically would get if a coach was sitting across the table. And, you know, Tanya's really great about rolling it into, listen, this is the hardest it's ever going to get tonight. <laughs> you know, we're going to keep coaching you through this and helping you through this. So if you're nervous right now, that's fine because guess what? It gets no harder than today. Um, and so that to me is really rewarding to see the process, to see the evolution of the player, um, the maturity over time um, and to help them just put the pieces together. Um, you know, kind of, you know, we talk about each family has a value system. They're gonna make decisions based on their personal value system. Um, where they play, what kind of schools they're looking at. And so we provide options and we kind of provide the guidance, but they're the ones who make the choices. Um, and so kind of all of that wrapped together, it's very similar to the things I loved about coaching. Um, there are a lot of things that I was losing love for about coaching, but ultimately the relationships was what drove me. And then this is certainly very relationship driven as well. I mean, that's just, that's so excellent. I feel like uh, the hardest thing is, at least for, for me, and, and, and I think that anybody really in anything that you do, the hardest thing is just taking the first step, right? And so I love that. I love that comment as far as like, it's going to get, like, this is the hardest it's going to get it is right here. So if you can just get over this hump, you know, it's going to be easy. And I think that uh, getting through a lot of those, those, uh, uh, you know, check boxes, landmarks, whatever you want to call them, only builds more confidence and instills uh, uh, more uh, love for wherever they end up landing. And uh, I think that also going through that journey makes them a better player while they're at that school, knowing that they are also a good fit for that program. And it's not just they wanted me. It's, you know, I wanted them just as much as they wanted me, which I think makes a great fit. Well, I think that's the the customizing, like nobody's the same. Like even for our junior, I mean, that fits our academy and fits who we are and fits how we do things perfectly. Like nobody's fit the same even in bringing in scott wilkerson had some awesome conversations with him as our tour fitter of like you can come in for a putter fitting <clears throat> you might not have the money to buy a new putter but we might need we might be able to reshaft bend bring in one of the putters like there's so many different ways to work this thing and even looking at junior equipment like fitting a kid for clubs like where's their budget where are they at where like what do they need what do they want there's just so many like moving parts and Caring for the individual, I, I think, is is important. It's like it's easy to just lump them all in. We get everybody's TrackMan data. Everybody get your swing videos put together in a swing video, and uh, reach out to these forty coaches. Like that's the easy thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you know that might be a good start. You know, if you got no dollars, like, but you know, that's not that's not how you take care of people. I mean, that's just kind of who we are at the bridge, and I think that's why 
you know, sending everybody we know to them for these types of services is just like, it just fits who we are. And I think it just, we're supposed to take care of people. And Tanya, <laughs> I would love to, is. I would love to hear a little bit about you and, and, um, and, and your role here, but also to, uh, speak a little bit on Scott just kind of mentioned the bare minimum right just recording your swing video and sending it out to colleges what makes you guys different and what you guys offer bring uh, what you guys bring to the table to people who I love that who question. are working on their game as hard as they can right we all know that you got to shoot a low score to get into some of these top schools but what makes y'all different aside from that as well because uh, I think a lot of people they focus on the scoring average but then it gets really confusing with how do you get recruited and, uh, uh, you know, just where do you put, where does the crossroads happen? Right. No, thank you. Um, and yeah, again, thank you for having us on. And I just want to start with saying my heart is so warm with, I mean, the team that we've put together, I couldn't be happier with. Um, Mary, almost two years now, um, Aaron, you haven't met and Ginger, um, who's here. I mean, we're pushing over almost 80 years of coaching experience um, I'm the outlier in that. Um, I come from a different side. I, I played D1 golf, but I got out of golf quickly after college. Um, I went back into the the, the playing side, um, nine USGA events, uh, two US amateurs. So I still play and compete. And I know, you know, when my kids and my athletes are nervous on the first tee, I know what that feels like. So, and I think they appreciate that. Um, but love having these ladies alongside of me. Um, little bit very quickly of my background. Um, I started working with a very large company over 14 years ago, and I quickly realized this wasn't the way I wanted it to be. Um, and instead of I kept complaining, I kept pushing, I kept pushing for change and it never happened. So ripped off the bandaid and said, okay, here we go. Um, and four years ago, um, RSA was born. Um, and the best way you ask what the differences are. It's like when you walk into a Walmart and you walk into a boutique. So big box store versus boutique style. We are very much boutique. Um, we know every one of our kids. We have Zooms with every one of our kids once a month at the bare minimum. So it is personal. I mean, COVID was awesome for us in the, in the fact that it was a game changer for us. I was introduced to a new way of keeping in touch with my kids and seeing them face to face. And, and I had that one-on-one -on -one with them, which is what they value. And, you know, as Mary alluded to earlier, everyone is starting at a different place and everyone is looking for possibly something different. No one is going to have the same journey. And it cringe, I cringe when I hear um, moms and dads saying, well, I heard someone in the fairway talking about blah, 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 and what they're doing with their kid. And I'm like, your path is nothing like that. So, um, you know, creating your own path for your own child is um, something that is, it's our hot button and it's what we create. As, as Mary said, and Ginger said earlier, the first thing we do is listen. You know, we sit down and have, have a meeting. What do you need? Where are your gaps? How can we help you? We never send in mass email ever. Um, it's, it's as, as it was said earlier, it's delete, delete, delete. So, and we empower the kid and the family. And if we have two hot buttons, it's realistic and proactive. You have to be both and they have to be in tandem. Um, so hope that answered your question. I, um, <laughs> no, it, it definitely did. And I think the, the one thing that 
people have on their mind when it comes to recruiting and just making a golf analogy here is not everybody can be a Jordan Spieth, a Justin Thomas, a Victor Hovland, these guys who just go and play for the big time universities at the very highest level where, you know, they get recognized just purely for how good they are, right? Versus somebody else who might be a really good player at a division one school, but is not going to be the next superstar on the PGA tour. I'd love to hear a little bit about how that process is, uh, is different than somebody who can just go out and, and average a 68, 67, 66. Yeah. Well, I, can, you, I can tell you, Scott, sorry to interrupt you, but you're good. Along Take the it. Same line. So one of my best success stories in 14 years was, was a young lady that had a 92 scoring average. And we found a D2 school for her, a newer program, and she got 80% scholarship. Oh, to wow. me, that was a huge success story. It's wow. not necessarily the guy or the gal that's shooting 68 that all these D1 coaches are after. It's this kid with this amazing passion that wants to play, and no one told them there is a place for me. There's a home for you. You just have to let me know and tell me where your parameters are, and you know we can help you. You know, that's that's really cool so because good. that's like the perfect example, like the perfect explanation that I wanted. For well, the question. and yeah. to give to kind of give it like tie that to Micah, um, who just won a really big event for us uh, for the BPN stuff is like he got stuck in a trap at the university he was at with they cut a bunch of funding and all of a sudden because he had registered his first year. It's like I got nowhere to go like and. But I have all my eligibility. But I have all my eligibility. <laughs> like, what do I do? And now he's won, I think, three or four events in college. He's at a school he loves. Like, he has the ability to move up. Um, there's another young man I've coached in the past who played at a small school, worked, loved the game. He's now going to play at UAB, right? Like, a big uptick. Like, And so just because you don't start at the biggest place doesn't mean you can't go there. We had a guy worked on our staff, Andrew Hands. Like, there's so many options. There's, what, roughly 200-plus schools in each division? Like, there's scholarships out there to get you a good education, and there's a bunch of coaches. There are coaches who aren't great coaches yet in terms of, like, the, like, known sphere that are great coaches that are intermixed all over the place. Well, and I can speak to that as a parent, too, Scott, because – uh, my daughter, who is now um, uh, going to graduate Friday, yeah, um, <laughs> but, but I, I got to go through it, you know, not just as a, as a collegiate player and then professional, but then recruit everybody on the planet. And then I got to be a mom. My, my daughter played at a junior college in Alabama, and it was exactly what she wanted. Exactly. Uh, she grew there as a person. She was challenged. She had a team. It was the perfect spot for her. So I got to see it from a completely different perspective, but yet there was aid there. She could grow. She could get out from under mom's shadow and be who she was supposed to be and grow in that way. It was, it was ideal. It was ideal. And you don't get that just by, I shoot the scores and I go to this school. Absolutely not. But you might get lucky, right? Just like sometimes people work on their game on their own and use YouTube and get lucky at kind of getting on the right thing right like that's why that's what I do on the swing side you know it's the Tanya made the comment about the person in the fairway you know saying I think you should like whatever and I'm drove by earlier today watching you know a guy help his his wife and I'm just like man you just not just put her in our ladies clinic spend the 250 bucks for her to be in our ladies clinic 
you don't have to coach her. Y'all can go play together because that's why you're both out here. You want to play together. Stop coaching her. Well, and the one thing, too, that people fail to realize is that – and. Coach, you can speak to this as well. Uh, Coach Lim, sorry, we got multiple coaches here now. Um, but uh, Coach Lim and, and Coach Mary, you can speak to this as well. But um, that these programs, these top level programs, didn't get to where they are just by having their name on the door, right? Like the the culture and the environment that these programs make is what makes them great, right? So just because you can go out and average 68 around doesn't mean you're going to be on the number one team because your attitude could be crap, you know, or there could be a way that you practice that's not ideal. And coaches want to protect their program and their culture at all costs. And uh, that is, I think that's something that a lot of people yeah, fail to so realize. I guess that ties into a little bit the question, one of the questions I wanted to answer is like, what are – what are just you don't have to say everything one of my favorite things you try to say everything you try to say everything about you anything, say you'll anything, say yeah. you'll send up saying nothing right so it's like what is like one maybe two things other than like the typical score and gpa and act scores that coaches are looking for and maybe on the flip side the follow-up question to that would be what should families be looking for and don't give everything away like but you know, I think what y'all do is special. So don't give everything away, but tell us a little bit. I'm going to let one of the coaches take that. But prior to that answer, I would like to just interject with, there is so much more that it goes into the recruiting process than what did I shoot and where do I want to be? It's, you know, we, we do a seminar, it's called golf by numbers and it is truly golf by numbers. How many scholarships? I mean, parents don't know what they don't know. You know, are, are you fully funded? Uh, how am I getting scholarship dollars? It's oh, it's more than than looking at a golf roster and seeing where you where you fit in. And keeping in mind, coaches are trying to replace their one and two player, not their five and six player. So mm-hmm. you get a parent saying, "Oh, my kid shoots seventy eight in a junior tournament, and this their six player shooting seventy eight don't fit on that team." So it, it's educating them too. We do a deep dive into into that process and all that it entails. And it goes way beyond um, the superficial layer of, of where do you want to go? Um, From a, a former walk on here, I can confirm all of that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. It, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of different things that, that go into the process. And, you know, I, I've always said, you know, we're great handholders. Um, we'll walk you through the process and we're going to be your biggest fans, but going to be, make sure that you're realistic as, as we go through this process. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the no Mulligans podcast. Be sure to join in next week for part two of this episode. There's no rule. Shoot lower score. There's one rule.